Um, Tiny Tim, one of my favorite movies at this time of year, and there's a ton of them. It's always hard to say, what's your favorite Christmas? I, it's hard to pick one. But I love Scrooge because of the, the obvious change in a man that nobody really, ah, it's impossible, but yet it happens. And that's really the gospel story, right? It's like people that you would just never in a million years think God could change them. And we call those guys Scrooge. But God did it, right? And in that story, Ebenezer Scrooge is visited by three spirits with the goal to change his hard heart. And it was changed. And he saves Tiny Tim, providing the medical treatment that he needed. Well, there is a spirit of Christmas. We believe (laughs) that he's the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit. And he has three wishes for us this season, probably a lot more. But as you know, I'm not going to stand up here and preach all 19 on Christmas morning. But I wanted to just think about Simeon for our time together, a man that maybe some people could relate to, somebody that had to wait a long time for a promise that God said, this is for you. And he waited and he waited. He gets into the Bible story, this tiny little piece, Because Jesus was taken to the temple by his parents on the eighth day. Because that's what the law said. They were already following the scriptures, raising Jesus up, and he went there to be circumcised. And when you read this, not just Luke in Luke's account, but everything that Luke writes, he emphasizes the spirit of God all through Luke, the gospel, and through the book of Acts as well. In fact, Acts of the Apostles is probably better titled, right? The work of the Holy Spirit through men and women. So three things this morning in our time together uh, that the Spirit of God would wish for us. First, he wishes to be upon us. It said that in the temple, Simeon, this old man was there, and he was, the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, the name Simeon means basically to be heard or obeyed. He had a relationship with the Lord, with Yahweh. What was he waiting for? Bible tells us he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. We don't use that word anymore, and I've listened around. Nobody says that word anymore. That, as Pastor Logan would say, a lot... This is a hyperlink. Back to, I'm like, who's hyper here? Let's chill down a little bit. Hyperlink back to where we've been during this whole Advent reading season. Back to Isaiah. Isaiah 40, a few other places, but Isaiah 40 is like the main one. Comfort, comfort my people. And then he goes on to talk about John the Baptist. And you know, there's going to be somebody coming out of the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. They needed comfort big time. Now Isaiah is preaching in the 700s. He's prophesying the 700s BC. And this is the first century AD. That's a long time to wait. Now Simeon wasn't that old, right? He's an old man, but he wasn't waiting since Isaiah's time. But the people of God were waiting for some comfort. Isn't it amazing 
how sometimes our timetable and God's timetable are nowhere alike. This is one of those times where you would think that surely, God, you got, you know, 400, 300, 200 BC. No, just keep waiting and waiting. This was the perfect time. God's timetable. Now, to be correct here, right? When we talk about the Holy Spirit being upon us, we don't talk that way in our day because God doesn't work that way anymore. When we read the Bible, like Moses and Samson and David, the Spirit of God would come on people and then he would leave. He would come on them for a special assignment and then leave. But once you get to Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came and filled the life of the believer and did not leave. And that's pretty cool. So when you think about being a Christian this Christmas, you're not going to have to worry about the Spirit of God coming on you because you had a really good year or you had coal in your stocking and then he leaves. The Spirit of God comes to stay. The Bible says we're saved by grace, right? But then after you're saved by grace, you have to live by grace. You still need God in your life. Even though he's resident inside of you, it's kind of like having a flat tire. From time to time, especially in the cold mornings in Chowchilla, that little thing comes on your car. And like, I know my, I looked at it, my tire isn't flat, but the thing's telling me that it must be below 30 PSI. Got to pump it up. Life's kind of like that. The Spirit of God doesn't leave us, but for some reason we're not operating in the fullness that we're supposed to be operating in, and so we need a refreshment. We need a refilling, if you will. So the Holy Spirit is here, and he's waiting, and maybe somebody today, what a great Christmas. You'd be like, you know what? I need to just completely be refilled again, a fresh anointing by the Holy Spirit in my life. Another wish that the Holy Spirit has from this text is that he he wished to share with us. The, The passage says that it was revealed to Simeon about this. In other words, you're not going to die. We're not going to tell you how long you have to wait. You're like, you know, I don't know what image you have of an old man because the Bible is weird with old people, right? You know, like Abraham and Sarah, they're old. They can't have kids, but then magically, miraculously, they have a kid. So who knows how old Simeon really was, but he's ancient, let's just say, and he's still walking with God, and God reveals to him through the Spirit You're not going to die until you see personally my salvation. And so he must have like just been hanging around the temple, waiting, waiting. And finally, on this day, eight days after Christmas Day, Joseph and Mary walk in with Jesus, Yeshua. I often ask myself, how was this revealed? Was it like on the wall, Simeon's wall? Did he open up a a box of, you know, Jewish Cheerios? And inside there was a little message, you know? Huh, that's weird. I usually get a toy or a signet ring. But today it says, no. Probably like the rest of us, through prayer, through reading the scriptures, God revealed this to him. So here's this 
gentlemen that we can all learn from, if you want God to share with you, reveal to you, we should be in the word. We should be in prayer, right? Think about the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Bible also says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He's going to testify that to you. He's going to share that with you. The Bible calls him the counselor. There's some times where, yes, we do need professional counseling, but maybe a lot of times we first need to go to the counselor, the Holy Spirit who's given to us. He'll teach us all things, remind us of everything that Jesus said. However it worked, you got to believe that Simeon knew that it was God talking to him, and he knew what it was he was saying. Wait, wait. And he was actively waiting. And they showed up, and he knew right then, this is he. What an awesome day in the temple that would have been. I wonder if God's been sharing with you this season, speaking to you. I, always, I like to give a shout out to always the, the church, the people that participate in writing these uh, devotions that we have for a church-wide reading plan. Because there's an opportunity, right, for all of us, day by day, from God speaking through our congregation, through various voices, and then you never know what he's going to say directly to you or to me on a given day. I think that's so awesome. We're, we're really blessed as a church. I just don't see a lot of churches even able to do that, right? You guys know how blessed we are as a church family. Amazing. Whether you're an individual, whether you're a community group, all of us as the whole Cornerstone family, when we read, when we reflect on passages of Scripture all at the same time, God has the ability to speak right to us as a church family. I can't wait for the new plan that's coming up in the new year that we're all going to be doing together and with other churches as well. Really exciting stuff. God's going to share with us. The Holy Spirit still still does that. There's a third thing that the Holy Spirit did in this passage. Verses 27 to 32 kind of talk about that and how Simeon finally, they actually said he, they gave the baby to hold. So he's holding Jesus. And you guys have seen this at our church, right? When we dedicate children or whatever, it's always, you never really know what's going to happen. Kids are flying around and Pastor Logan, Pastor Doug, and they got microphones and it's always something exciting. Well, Jesus probably was just a normal boy, eight days old. And so he's holding them, and then he says these amazing words, prophesies right. He's been waiting this whole time, and then he gets to share this. Joseph and Mary are standing there listening to this elderly gentleman who's been waiting all this time. And then he gets to say, this is somebody not just for you guys. This is not just for the Jewish nation. This is somebody for a light to the Gentiles. And so, however God was speaking to him during all those years of waiting, Simeon got it 
that when you read through the whole scriptures, God, it was never like a plan B or C. Oh, we should love the rest of the world. It was always from the beginning, I'm going to go after the whole world. I'm just going to go through the Jewish nation. I got to start somewhere. And the idea is to go out of Israel and to go to everybody. As a non-Jew, I'm very grateful for that. Amen. That God had us in mind way, way back. And here, Simeon like lets it know, yep, everybody's going to get it. And I don't know how Joseph and Mary took it that day, but it must have just blown their mind, right? Just thinking of the responsibility of who Jesus was and who he was intended to be. But now they're just thinking, other nations? The Gentiles? He was... In the Spirit, he came in the Spirit. Other translations say he was moved by the Spirit. We could just say he was led by the Spirit. That's the third thing. He wishes to lead us today. The Holy Spirit, that's a big desire on his heart. Simeon, this elder statesman, he reminds everybody of this amazing plan of God. It's for, for everybody. That's another reason why Christmas is such good news, right? God loves everyone. From the Eskimo to the pygmy. Don't ask me how to spell it. But the salvation Simeon reference came in the form of a person. This Christmas, you may have been looking for salvation in the wrong places. Oh, if I could just find the right man or the right woman everything would be great. If I had a certain job, or I got a promotion, or I have a, actually got to have a baby, or if I attained a certain level of wealth, then I would really be at peace finally in my life. If I could achieve a beautiful body, if I can impress the right people, if I can own the right things, if I could just escape to Tahiti, whatever your place is, then my emptiness would be filled. The answer is not in a place, it's not in a program, it's not in a pill. The answer is a person. That's what is so attractive, really, about Christmas. That's why the world, even though they may not know it, they're ah, the lights and the trees and the gifts and the parties, the eggnog. It's the person that's so attractive. Because you and I were made... We were designed for this incredible relationship with God. And that's why it's so attractive, ladies and gentlemen. Now, a funny thing happens when we think about this leading business, because you hear people pray, Lord, please lead us. Please, please guide us. Please direct us. Those usually go together, right? Lead, guide, and direct. It's almost like you have to have... It's like you're asking God, you're begging God to do what is his job description. The Spirit of God is a leader. He's a guider. So what are you really praying for? What's a better request? Just a suggestion this season. Lord, please help me to be open to your leadership. 
Please help me to obey when I know you're speaking to me about whatever. Lord, help me to stay in step with the Spirit, as Paul says over and over again in the New Testament. To me, that's a better, a more biblical approach to this prayer. God, please lead us. He's like, I've been trying for a long time. Can you imagine, like, as he thinks about his bride, the church, and the world? He's like, come on, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I've got big plans. I've got a feast. How long do we have to keep putting off the wedding feast? The church is like, ah, oh, we got things to do. We got fights to do and stuff like that. Come on. We were not designed to run on fleshly power. We, we see what happens when we do that, right? But we are designed to run on spirit power. And on this day, Simeon was right in step with the Holy Spirit the whole way. What a great example he is for us. I know today is not fashionable in some places where you could actually learn from an older man. Maybe we should read the Bible more and pay attention, right? Just because culture doesn't say it's cool, I'll just put him away in a home, doesn't mean that's not biblical. Simeon is a great example for all of us. And another sermon would be the one right after this about Anna. So then you get a man and a woman, both in age, and we can learn from them. We're not designed to run on this kind of power. The Spirit of God is the one who gives life. He sustains life. He produces new life. New life available. Why? Because what would happen? The baby would go and fulfill his purpose, which was to die on a cross. It'd be one thing, because there's many other babies that were born. Now, obviously not like this. Nobody else had an angel army sing at their birth. That's pretty unique. But a lot of births, but nobody else lived the life that Jesus lived and died the way he did and rose the way he rose. That's what makes Christmas so special. Christ Mass. Celebrate Christ. We're not really experiencing Christmas unless we celebrate him. We're, we're doing something else, right? So our challenge is to get into the spirit of Christmas this year. We've, we've heard that phrase before. But maybe I should tweak that. Maybe we should let the spirit of Christmas get into us. Totally. Just like Simeon, the one who lives his namesake, the one who hears and obeys. God, I want to be like that. I want to be one that listens to you, and because that's the Hebrew word, right? We talk about it all the time. He really listened. How do you know? Because he lived it. Did he have to wait? Oh, yes. We all have wishes today. Some of them maybe came true last night or this morning, but the Spirit of God has some wishes too. Wouldn't it be great if just in our little hamlet on this side of California, if his wishes were to come true, what might happen at the end of 2022? If as a whole group of people, as families, 
who are in influential places and where we live and work, what might happen if we all, like Simeon, God, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to obey you. This year, amazing, amazing stuff. Amen? Let's please him today by listening and then obeying his spirit. Let's pray together. Father God, in the the spirit of Christmas, our joy is overflowing again because of the great reminder of your son. May it never get old. May we never get tired of the joy that that wells up in our hearts when we think about Christmas. Yes, thank you for family time. Thank you for festivities and decorations and the spirit of giving. But thank you, God, that your spirit, who was promised so long ago, not only came to comfort a nation that was really struggling for hundreds of years, but you kept going with a plan to reach down to us today. And we're still a part of your plan. Holy Spirit, have your way in our families, in our church, in our community this season. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.